You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo with Peter Elves as always. Peter, this is our second episode of the week. What do you think? I know. Listen, if you're not uh, tired of us yet, I mean, if you're not tired of CTW, you can uh, two episodes of us, so it's fine. Well, look, it's a big week for both us and CTW. They had their um, Battle of the Interstate that was released on Tuesday. We were all involved in it. It's true. It's a fun time. Uh, and secondly, uh, there's a, it's a big week in wrestling, too. They have that, uh, was it Crown Jewel, whatever it's called? Yeah, in Saudi Arabia on Thursday. Saudi Arabia, yeah. So, like, that's a big deal. And then for us, we had the NBA start on Tuesday. And, of course, the NFL is always full of news and action. So there's, there's just a lot of things going on. And People in the hockey world are pressed that we didn't break down hockey. <laughs> you know what, Peter? We kind of just missed a bus on that one. But we, I can't. I can't. Maybe... It's tough, though, because, like, we try to fit everything in a specific time frame once a week, typically under 60 minutes. And the NFL world just predominantly rules the world. Well, I mean, now, yeah, this, this time of the year sucks because, like, M- it's MLB, tough. NBA, NHL. And it's not even, football, like, exactly. NFL. And tell you what, like, if the Red Sox weren't in the playoffs, we would be so hot and heavy over baseball right now? Probably not. It's true. But the point is, so like trying to balance everything. We'll get to NHL, though. We will, we will get there. We're well aware of the Seattle Kraken and their uh, fiasco down there and just everything. How about, what's the guy's name? It was a Kane, right? You got to spend 21 games? Yep. Fake COVID um, license thing? Yep. Yeah, that's an L on top of L. But I guess we'll save that for a story for a different day, Peter. So let's get right into it. Week, five, week six, right? We felt pretty good. Both of us, we Peter actually texted me and he said, we're going 10 and 0 this week. He texted me Thursday night after uh, the Eagles covered against the Bucks. He was that confident. That didn't come to fruition, unfortunately, for me. I went two and three. Uh, my lone thing's correct for the Eagles plus seven over the Bucks. You're so lucky on that, too, on the hey, two-point conversion. I texted you right win. after that. I was like, let's save you. Nick Sariani. <laughs> and my second win was the Packers minus four and a half over the Bears. My losses, on the other hand, were I had the over for the Chargers-Ravens, over 52. Uh, the Chargers offense didn't show up, hence the under hit. I had over 55 and a half for the Washington football team and the Chiefs. And uh, the Chiefs ended up winning that game pretty handily. The Washington offense didn't get anything going. The under hit. And then I had the Panthers plus one over the Vikings. And the Vikings won in overtime, which we'll get to later on in the show. But how about yourself, Peter? Two and three for me. Uh, it's a pretty lukewarm performance. Uh, I'm not happy. I feel that. Listen, after the Jags won in London, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to go 10-0. But obviously that didn't happen. So I went 2-3 and three also. I got the Jags plus 3.5 and, and the Chiefs minus 7.5. And, and the lost Chargers plus 3. Uh, they didn't show up. Cowboys minus 4. They're the luckiest team ever to cover that game. I thought that was a lock after overtime and then Bill's minus five and a half. We'll get into that later, but Josh McDermott screwed me. So, Well, so like you said, Peter, we had high hopes and we ended up not living up to expectations, but lucky for us, we got a whole nother week of football here. We feel pretty confident about our picks. And one thing I want, oh, to I'm not on, confident this week. This week's terrible. Six teams thing, on a buy and like 
half the spreads are like over 10. Like speaking no. of spreads, so I have two things to mention. One, the NFL was all favorites one last week. It was absolutely crazy. You know, they all covered, they all won. It was just something that probably screwed Vegas. So take that into consideration when, when we make our picks for this coming week. And also on a side topic, we survived another week for our survivor pool. Uh, I had the Green Bay Packers over the Bears. Big W for me. And Peter had the Chiefs over the Washington football team. Yep. So we I want to talk about the Packers real quick because we're not going to talk about the sure. Packers. I think that Aaron Rodgers is a big hardo saying that I own the Bears. Like, obviously, you own the Bears. You've lost three times to the Bears since like 20, 2006. Yep. But I want to hear you say that like in NFC championships games when you like choke away like all the time. And then, yeah, yeah, Peter's yeah. going, Peter is on Rodgers' neck right now. You know, no, I'm in a bad mood today. So that's, I wonder why. I, but, the Packers, I mean, I I don't want to say I had the utmost confidence in them heading into 2021, but the last couple of games, they've rounded into form. They've played better defensively. Uh, their offense has gotten together a little bit. And again, I'm not putting them on the pedestal of like the Bucks in the NFC, uh, but I, I do think it is notable that they have stuck together and they haven't completely collapsed as of yet. Now, that is always subject to change, of course, Peter. Like we all... Listen, we're just seeing the playoffs because they're going to win the NFC North pretty handily. So. Yeah, you would think so. All right, Peter, let's just go over some notable games of Week 6 in the NFL. First and foremost, I think we start off with the Cowboys and the Patriots. Uh, it ended up being one of the most highly rated games uh, in the NFL in the last decade. I believe CBS tweeted it out. I believe they were the third highest rated game in the last like five years or something crazy like that. Like, and it was, it was an absurd number. Uh, but the Cowboys ended up winning 35-29. And it was a back-and-forth affair. Uh, I was there. It was probably one of the craziest games I've ever been to in my life. Uh, it was just so back-and-forth. It was absolutely nuts. So Dak Prescott, he led the way 36-51, of 51, 445 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, a quarterback rating of 108.7. Uh, in terms of Cowboys receiver options, uh, Mari Cooper was mostly held in check, but CeeDee Lamb was awesome. He had nine receptions for 149 yards and two touchdowns, including the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Uh, Zeke Elliott was also lethal out of the backfield in terms of catching the ball. He had seven catches for 50 yards on nine targets. Uh, Patriots, on the other hand, Mac Jones, he was efficient, 15 of 21, 229 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Uh, Mac Jones looked like he had the W after he launched a 70-yard touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne. Uh, with a little over two minutes to go. And um, Kendrick Bourne, who was somebody that I thought would eventually get more targets in this Patriots offense, only got two targets in this game, but one was a big one for a 75-yard touchdown. So other news for the Patriots, uh, Damian Harris, he had over 100 yards rushing. He had 18 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, Peter, this game was nuts, like absolutely drunk. So what were your... And what was going through your head when you were watching it? I mean, I was all over the place. So, obviously, at that touchdown, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to beat the Cowboys. Wait, which touchdown? The one to Bourne? Yeah, the Kendrick Bourne touchdown. Well, back up. Uh, the pick six to Trayvon Diggs, I was like, all, all right. Like, the it's Magic's over. run now. I was like, all right, we lost. That's fine. Yep. And then he uh, threw that touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne. I was like, oh, my God, we're actually going to win. And then, obviously, yep. they didn't. But that's – the old Patriots, they would have won that game handily because Mike McCarthy doesn't know how to coach. You're, you're ultimately right. He's going to be saved by that 14-3 and three record at the end of the year. I, I mean, Dak Prescott in the end zone uh, fumbles the ball. I mean, the interception at the end. Yeah. 
they, they should have scored like 40, 50 points. They lit up the Patriot defense. I, I don't know who this new Patriot defensive coordinator is. If it's Steve Belichick, he's got to get out of there. Like Bill Belichick has to take it over. I'm tired of like third and 20 or like the third and 26 play. Like, how do yeah, you got third get, and 25 and they got 24 yards? Yeah. How do you get CD Lamb to get 25 yards? So the, the play call for that specific play, when you look at it from like the NFL 22 version, it was Jalen Mills. He had a real tough assignment. You know, he had one on one right up in the middle. So they had Devin McCourty just way back, back up, though, and just make the tackle. But I mean, I, I didn't like the coverage itself because they had a, too many defensive linemen and linebackers on the field. You had, for example, like Matthew Judon. I don't believe he should have been on the field for that instance. Like you had guys like Kyle Van Noy. Uh, I think you should have been more of a um, coverage that included all guys in your secondary. But to be fair, the Patriots secondary, the Patriots came into this game with a limited secondary. They didn't have many bodies. Uh, Jonathan Jones is clearly banged up. Justin Bethel got banged up in the game. Um, they didn't have many options to go to, which I think warranted that coverage. Uh, but all around, it was a bad play call in the end. Uh, you really can't excuse that. And getting 24 yards on a third and 25 to set up a field goal was real bad, and it ended up costing them the game. At that point, I, bl- I thought the game was over. Uh, I thought the Patriots had a golden opportunity after the touchdown, after the touchdown to Bourne, like you described. And the defense has let him down now in about three or four games. You could argue the Miami game of the Devontae Parker um, slants. They just can't get any stops any, any just, time. Exactly. No just stops. Like, it, was it when you need a stop? They just haven't been able to get it yet. Um, I'll give them credit, it's, though. It's they're on the field for like 35, 40 oh my minutes. Gosh, yeah. Like I mean, the Mac offense Jones, had like 15 yeah. plays, I think. Exactly. Mac Jones, I believe he had, he had um, I think he attempted eight passes in the first half. I think he was eight of eight which is crazy. I mean, in the first half, eight passes, like that's a, that's a very, very small, minute number in today's NFL. They were on the field a ton and I'm sure they were exhausted. They were beat down. And at the end of the day, they allowed 35 points and the Patriots should have came away with the victory. Mike McCarthy did everything he can to lose the game. And Mike McCarthy sucks. Like I've been telling you, Peter, for since week, week one, I told you that, right? It's true. Kellen yeah, Moore and Dan Quinn should just be like, Mike McCarthy, you're not calling any plays. Just like, get out of my way. Just... That Cowboys roster is loaded. Uh, on both sides of the ball, they have playmakers offensively, defensively. Uh, they have a real quarterback at the helm, real skill position players, a real secondary, a real front seven, offensive line, running back. They got it all, Peter. It doesn't matter who they have. They aren't winning shit. They are not with Mike McCarthy. It's just as simple as that. Uh, they have a ceiling with Mike McCarthy. Now they I might win the one seed though. Uh, yeah, sure, that's all fine and dandy, but they are not winning a Super Bowl, uh, and I would wager that they won't make a Super Bowl. Whether they get to the NFC title game or the divisional round, that's up for debate, and I'm not debating that. But my my point is, they are not winning a Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy. They just aren't. Uh, game awareness awful. Those fourth downs that he should have went for abysmal. Oh, if you want to say that, I mean Belichick should have went that fourth down and overtime. But he, Here's the difference here, Peter. I understand what you're saying. You're that fourth and three call with rookie Mac Jones. You have Dak Prescott, who the who has been absolutely destroying this Patriots defense. They had nothing on him, absolutely nothing to stop him, and yet he's going to go out there and kick with Greg the leg fifty yards three times in a row. Like I hated his play calls. I hated the decisions. I should say on that whole aspect of it. Uh, his teams aren't disciplined, uh, which was clear, and. 
It's just as simple as that. I was very critical of Bruce Arians last year until he won a Super Bowl. And Bruce Arians wasn't going to win a damn thing until Tom Brady was his quarterback. So I don't think Bruce Arians is this bad. Oh, Bruce Arians is pretty bad. But no, he's not this bad. But you look at Bruce Arians and Mike McCarthy, I think they're similar coaches uh, until they have that good quarterback play and all of a sudden they are elevated. It's a real shame, though, for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys because if they had a real coach, even if it's not saying Bill Belichick or anything, but even if they had somebody that is competent, right? They'd be fine. And they're not going to, they're ultimately not going to reach their goal with Super Bowl. Hey, maybe they'll get Jason Garrett back. I, uh, because Giants I, are blowing no, it up. Giants are going to blow it up. Gonna go, McCarthy's going to go 12 and 5, 13 and 4, right? And they're going to make the playoffs and McCarthy's going to have his job. Exactly what Jason Garrett did for a number of years. He was able to do enough to keep his job. But at the end of the day, I, I just have a feeling that, well, I shouldn't say I have a feeling. I know they will not be hoisting a Lombardi trophy anytime soon. Dak Prescott's legit though. If you're uh, Mac Jones, I, you gotta take out life insurance. He's he's getting I know the offensive line is in shambles, but he's getting killed. Yeah, and you know what? There. The line played killed. better in my opinion. The one the one thing that I'll totally grant you on is that uh so Yadney Kajust, uh backup tackle, um completely got destroyed by Randy Gregory and Mac Jones literally got decapitated. Like literally got decapitated. I was like my first reaction was, oh, crap, he just broke his ribs or something like that, concussion, whatever it may be. But you got to give the kid credit. He's getting up time and time again after these awful hits. So the toughness is there. Uh, he's willing to sit in the pocket and take a hit. We've seen that numerous times. Uh, so you got to give him credit for that. But hopefully the Patriots offensive line can get a little bit healthy each and every week. Isaiah Wynn wasn't ready to play. It was clear he was bad. Uh, Trent Brown, he's not going to play this week. He, there's a chance he plays next week. Trent Brown's never playing again. Them. I mean, I thought he was going to play sooner, but he clearly had a setback. Uh, David Andrews played better in this game. Uh, Ted Karras has been better after starting the year on the bench. I think he's eventually probably going to end up staying the starter. Michael Wenu, I think they should just make him a, go- a tackle. I would just, when everyone's healthy, this is what I would do. Trent Brown at left tackle. Uh, I'd keep Ted Karras at left guard. David uh, David Andrews at center, Shaq Mason at right guard, and then a right tackle. I would do Michael Wendu. I think Isaiah Wynn, it's time for him to sit the bench. Despite the fact that he had that 50-year option exercised, uh, he's just not it, man. He's just not it. Yep. But if you want to hear the positive side, listen, Justin Herbert went 2-5 and five with the Chargers to start off his uh, career. So maybe next year will be the year that Mac Jones and Bill Belichick can figure it out. So it's not their fault, but... It's getting real no. bad. No, it's not its fault. But, yeah, I think Mac Jones has looked better. Uh, you want to look at all the, again, all the stats, the advanced metrics, whatever it may be. Mac Jones is by far the best rated rookie quarterback in the NFL. I think if you look at them in terms of being accurate, uh, putting up some points, Mac Jones has led, the, led each category. And according to Pro Football Focus through uh, six weeks, Mac Jones has a grade of 79.7. Uh, second is Zach Wilson at 59.4. Then it's Trey Lance at 59.0. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at 56.8. Davis Mills at 56.3. And then uh, Justin Fields at 56.0. Justin Fields is below David Mills. That's a joke. I don't think Fields has played that well. I, I mean, but I think Mills is uh, his is probably inflated from that Patriots game that he played really well at. But despite that, I think Mac Jones has played the best in terms of um, rookie quarterbacks through week six. For sure. All right, Peter, let's move on here. Panthers-Vikings, right? 
Uh, this was a game that I felt that the Panthers needed to get back on track. You did as well. You've been pretty low on Sam Darnold and company since they started their slide, which is now a three-game losing streak. Uh, they lost in overtime to the Vikings, 34-28. Kirk Cousins has been severely underrated this year. 33 of 48, 373 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Dalvin Cook uh, finally getting back in action. He ran for 140 yards. On the other side of things, Sam Darnold, he struggled again. Uh, 17 of 41, 207 yards, a touchdown in the pick. He was sacked four times, uh, which was clearly notable. Another game without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Chubba Hubbard was the lead rusher, 16 carries for 61 yards. Uh, Darnold also had 48 yards on the ground. So the Panthers, like I mentioned off the top, have lost three games in a row. Uh, I said the Panthers would make the playoffs. I said they win nine games. I think they'd go nine and eight and sneak into a wild card. I'm not ready to totally write them off. This offense is clearly missing Christian McCaffrey, uh, but Darnold has to play better. Uh, since the first, since his last three games there, he's struggled mightily. Listen, I think the Panthers are going to make the seventh seed, and I hate the Panthers, but I think that Sam Darnold is turning into the Jet Sam Darnold. But in his defense, how many drops did he have? On week six, like 11, like Robbie Anderson yeah, and DJ yeah. Moore can't catch anything. I think you're Robbie Matt, Anderson was targeted like 11 times or something. And if you're really Matt Rule, like you can't have that. But on the other side, the Vikings, I think the Vikings are pretty good. I think they're going to uh, compete for a wild card spot. But again, on their side, I don't get their play call either. If you have Dalvin Cook, right, and he's quote unquote hurt, why do you, why do you run him 30 times? If Alexander Madison. Because... Like, I think here's the thing with Mike Zimmer. Uh, he knows the clock is ticking and his job expectancy and the Vikings are a team that I think need to make the playoffs or that complete operation is going to blow up. So I think Zimmer is playing in the win now mode. He, he knew he needed this game. He knows he needs Dalvin Cook to win. Cook said he was good enough and Cook, he, he played well. Uh, he averaged four and eight, oh, he did. And eight yards He's a carry. He's going to get hurt again. Yeah, of course, I mean, crap. yeah, no, I agree with you on that. But I think Cousins has played well in that Vikings offense. And that, that Osborne kid that they have, I think he's played really well. He's been quiet after the first couple uh, games of the season, but K.J. Osborne, he had six catches for 78 yards and a touchdown, including the game-winning touchdown. So uh, I'm just – I'm not happy with Darnold's performance over the last couple of weeks. I think the offensive line has not played well. The run game hasn't helped him. Uh, but he has also made some bad decisions, and I think the receivers also haven't helped him. For sure. So Sam Darnold, he needs another bounce back. Uh Truth uh, be told, we'll see if Peter's going to pick him. For this Listen, week. they should be able to get a bounce back this week. Not to spoil it, but they're facing the Giants. And the Giants you would are think so. It's in, it's in New York, and the Giants have their back against the walls. Tell you what, Peter, from a Panthers supporter like myself, I do not think that's a gimme. I, I truthfully don't. It, it wouldn't shock me because the you don't slightest. Want Joe Judge to get fired. Why do I want Joe Judge to get fired? I said you don't want Joe Judge to get fired. Oh, I, that is true. I, I don't want Joe Judge to get fired, but. Uh, I, I really think this Panthers team is not playing well on both sides of the ball. Like, I wouldn't, you'd really be surprised if the Giants, like, if the Giants, if the Giants won 20 to 17, that would totally surprise you. No, no, no way. But I mean, their whole team is injured. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, but Daniel Jones has played a little bit better. I think Saquon's likely out, which impacts the offense immensely. Donald needs to win this week. Simple as that. Uh, if they lose to the Giants this week, I might be out on Carolina. I might. It might. We're going to have to reassess at that point. Uh, another crazy game of week six, right? Bills, Titans, uh, the Monday night football game, uh, kind of lost in the ruckus because the Red Sox were on. So a lot of people were probably tuning into that, but not really. Baseball is not popular. 
fair enough. But that's maybe just the, we're in Boston. Maybe the people that listen to this podcast. And I love baseball. Maybe the people that listen to this podcast, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Red Sox supporters. But nonetheless, the Bills, uh, they fell to the Titans 34-31. Uh, Josh Allen, 35 of 47, 353 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, on the other hand, he didn't have his best game, 18 of 29, 216 yards in a pick. But Derrick Henry continues to be awesome. 20 carries, 143 yards, and three touchdowns. Peter, count them, three. Uh, A.J. Brown is a huge factor. Seven receptions for 91 yards uh, on nine targets. He was awesome in this game again. Uh, the Titans, right? Uh, they were in this game the whole entire well, uh, whole entire way. They were in it, leading at times. Uh, they scored late, and the Bills had an opportunity uh, to tire to win the game, right? It was 34-31. And Bills are driving. Josh Allen's moving the ball down the field. Mike Vrabel is not calling any of his timeouts as the clock is ticking down under 60 seconds. And it was similar to what Bill Belichick did against Pete Carroll in that Super Bowl in 2015. I think that was the thing I immediately thought of. Vrabel was putting all the pressure on Buffalo's offense to do what they do. Uh, and I think at the, in the moment, people were like, Vrabel, like, what are you doing, man? Like, Allen's just going to get a touchdown. You're not going to have any time left. But uh, Vrabel took a gamble and it paid off because ultimately uh, the Bills failed to convert on a fourth and one instead of kicking a field goal to send it in overtime. Uh, Allen slipped on a quarterback sneak in fourth and inches and uh, they failed to convert and the Titans won 34-31. It was a big win for the Titans. They moved to four and two uh, and the Bills, they fell to four and two, which was, I think that was a pretty decent loss for the Bills because I think a lot of people were expecting them to pull away in the AFC to get that number one seed. And they kind of let other teams a chance to creep in, including Tennessee itself and Kansas City, which got a W. It's true. It's, it's low-key huge for the AFC East, but we're not going to get into that until we huge. have to. But, I mean, I think Josh McDermott got exposed. I don't know why he didn't Doug kick McDermott. the field goal in the fourth quarter. I really I really don't. I think he got too cute. Because if you if in your eyes, if you have a top-five defense, you, you can stop the Titans. I know you didn't all day, to be honest, but. I think you can stop them. If, so if you really need it? to stop, you can do it. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think the I Bills got exposed. I, I, I think the Bills defense got exposed too. I, I think after literally last week, I was talking about how the defense was phenomenal, this and that. I don't necessarily love the play call, the fourth and inches. I don't. I mean, Allen, I understand he's a big six foot. Or even the third guy. down play where Josh Allen ran to the right and got almost killed. Oh, you mean the they missed Cole Beasley wide up with yeah. him for a touchdown, but Josh Allen had to do it himself. Yeah, he talks about how Josh Allen so self-absorbed like that. Of course. Well, I don't think he's that. I don't, I don't think. No, I don't, well, like maybe that. self-absorbed is the wrong way to describe it. But Josh Allen wanted to do it himself. Oh, for sure. And that cost him a chance to win because Cole Beasley was wide open for a touchdown. If he wasn't in for a touchdown, he had the first down. So, um, Bob, we got to good... talk about the Titans. Is Derrick Henry going to win MVP? Think so. No, but he's been really? awesome. He's proven I th- I me think wrong. So. No, I don't. I, th- I still think the quarterbacks are doing too much. Uh, he's been awesome, though. I thought he was gonna. I, I don't want to say fall this year, but I thought the carries over the last three years would start to really get at him. But that hasn't been the case. He's been awesome, and the Titans have needed it because Ryan Tannehill has not played well this year. The offensive line in Tennessee hasn't played well this year, and Julio Jones has simply been a bust in four games. He's only had 15 receptions, uh, yet to catch a touchdown pass. And it looks like Julio is cooked through uh, six games. Oh, Julio so, is a big bust. And that's that's not good for this Titans offense, who are really banking on him uh, as a complimentary piece to put alongside A.J. Brown, who's also been dealing with injuries this year. 
I remember, I don't know if you saw last week, but the Titans had like 30 guys on their injury report. Or whatever oh, yeah. It was, 20 yeah guys. On like Wednesday or something. Yeah. The Titans are banged up. And Julio Jones, who is also banged up, is not producing, which is not good. Uh, overall, though, Derrick Henry, you got to tip your cap to him. He's legit. And I, I'm never going to doubt Derrick Henry for the remainder of the year because he is single-handedly carrying this team in this offense. Right. I mean, I think he's going to get 2,000 yards easy. He already has 10 touchdowns, which is crazy. Trying to find a stat. I'm pretty sure I saw a stat that like he has more touchdowns than like the Jaguars or something. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, sure like by himself that. or something. Uh, yeah, I can't uh, find absolutely. it. I don't think he's. Yeah, no, I, I totally buy that. And I, don't, I don't think the Jaguars are the only team either. Yeah, I really don't. Um, no, but uh, Henry's been great. And when you have a team that is underperforming offensively and defensively in other parts, you need guys to step up. And Derrick Henry stepped up. Uh, this Titans team forecasting them long term. I still think those flaws are too big to overcome. The offensive line is real bad. Tannehill has not played well. Uh, the defense has not played well. But I still believe that they can win some games, and I still have them as the favorite to win the division. I know you think the Colts can kind of come out of nowhere here, right? Yeah, they, they still got a chance. That division's yeah. so bad, they can rack up wins on everybody else and figure yeah, it out. Versus I, I think they can still, they think they still have an opportunity. And I think Tennessee also plays really well at home. I think that's something they have really going for them. And Look, if Tannehill can get somewhat time in the pocket and he can make somewhat of the right decisions like he was doing last year and the year before, Titans will be back in business. But until I see that, I still can't see the Titans doing anything, especially getting more than 10 or 11 wins. Yeah, they'll get bounced out of the first round if they make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I exactly. Like, that's just where I see that. I see it too. NFL topics you want to talk about. So uh, maybe we'll save. So I know we're going to. So spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to bring on Matt Cunha uh, later on in the show to talk about the Red Sox. Matt was there in the ALDS against the Tampa Bay Rays. Yep, game four. Game four. Uh, so Matt will talk about his experience there at Fenway, which will be nice to hear about. Uh, Matt will also help forecast the Red Sox in their pursuit to another World Series. Uh, so as it currently stands, Peter, the Red Sox just had the – they just started up. It's 2-2. Two, two, well, I'm sorry. The game is not 2-2. Two, two. The series is tied at 2. Uh, this is a rubber match game five before the series gets shifted to Houston for game six or a potential game seven. So it's a huge game five. So Matt will help talk about what the Red Sox can do to win the series and some second guesses he might have or any things around it. But uh, before we bring on Matt, Peter, um, do you want to save the two of Deshaun Watson until Matt comes? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry. Any other Matt. NFL topics for you sure. want to talk about? Oh, uh, I mean, we can talk about the Seahawks. I think they're way in trouble. I thought Geno you know, Smith. I thought he was gonna win, to be honest. But they're cooked. They're gonna be three and seven. Russ comes back and say what the defense in Seattle. They played well, in my opinion. The offense they were slow. Uh, it was clear Geno had some. He had some early jitters. I think is probably the best way to. Describe oh, for sure. That. And do you see that your boy uh, Cam Newton? Get sent oh, around please. by uh, Pete Carroll. Yeah, please, please. I, I, I love the, uh, the let's pump up my guy Cam Newton. Try to get other guys to sign him. Oh, you know Cam Newton's vaccinated now. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's part of the. It's part of the propping up Cam Newton. After there's been like 28 quarterback injuries, still Cam Newton has yet to be signed. Still waiting for a team to take a chance on Cam Newton. If a team takes a chance on him, I'll shut my mouth. But 
team has yet to take a chance on him or even bring him in for a workout. But none of my business. All right, Peter, let's move on to college football quickly. Um, I know we've gotten away from college football the last couple of weeks, but I think it's imperative that we bring it back, bring it back this week. Uh, Ed Orjan, who we were very critical of the last, uh, when we began talking about college football a couple of weeks prior, he reached an agreement with LSU. Um, this buyout agreement will mean that he gets to leave at the end of the season. He's going to coach the team out for the rest of 2021, and he will not be the coach of LSU in 2022 and beyond. So how the mighty have fallen, Ed Orjan and LSU, a program that many people talked about would be the next Alabama, the next big shot in the SEC, the next dynasty in college football. Well, Peter, literally like two years after having Joe Burrow and that whole crew they had, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, all those guys that we all know about. Jamar Chase. uh, Orjan's gone. Uh, well, not gone yet, but he will be gone at the end of the season. And he's kind of getting trashed on his way out. The athletics been all over it, how he's been bringing in girls to the facility, uh, allowing his girlfriends or different friends that are girls, whatever it may be, to practice, quote-unquote, practice with the team. Yeah, it's a bad situation. Uh, like, it's, a, it's a bad situation all around for Ed Orjan. And he's kind of getting, uh, getting buckets of crap poured on him as he walks through. And tell you what, Ed Orjan, I also I always called him overrated. Uh, he was underperformed last year. He underperformed this year. Uh, his team came out unprepared, not disciplined. Uh, the recruiting hasn't really fallen off. LSU can recruit itself. It's simple as that. LSU is that good of a program. But Ed Orjan has not elevated the team. Um, and LSU, the athletic director, and all those big shots in LSU, they realize that quickly that this guy just ain't it for the future of the program and he is gone so you got any takes on that i mean maybe he got exposed because of the whole team left because obviously all that talent around him but i think it's a little weird we we talked about this on monday after the uh, nba preview like why is he not just fired fired why is he yeah coaching the end of the year i agree it's there's it's got to be some financial reason which i don't know the details but i'm gonna guess that LSU's like, nah, man, like you're coaching the rest of the year. We're well, you're LSU. Like, we're, you we're have not money. That to, money. Like, just be like, see ya. But I mean, they can be cheap too. Maybe they, they, they're not got, they're not prepared till. I don't know how Ed, how much Ed Orjan was is making this year. I can look it up. But uh, in terms of recruiting, though, Peter, I was talking to Brandon Carr, uh, who is an avid college football fan. We've had him on of uh, roughing the basket. So also, Ed Orjan makes nine million dollars a year. Um, this year he's making nine million, and he is getting paid a $17 million buyout, which ranks second in the country uh, behind Nick Saban. So that is a hefty price. But so I was talking on a car, right, of uh, roughing the basket, of cheap talk wrestling, big college football guy. And he said, look, like, I understand, like, the narrative that LSU, like, well, they lost a lot of their guys, right? Uh, Like Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, yada, yada, yada. Uh, But he said the recruiting hasn't really fallen off. They're still getting those five guy guys that five star guys they want. Uh, so he just completely warrants it into the coaching aspect of it. And the one thing that he didn't point out to me was though, um, that he, in terms of, he was curious how, if there was people committed to LSU now would decommit or would change their mind and stuff like that with the uncertainty of the coaching position. 
Now, I don't know who LSU is going to hire. I think James Franklin of Penn State would be a perfect candidate. Maybe Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss. Um, something like that would be really cool to see. I can't see them pulling anyone. Like, I don't think Eric Bieniemy's going down there. Probably Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore would be an interesting one, but I think Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore probably would want to stay in the NFL. So I think they're going to pull someone in the college rank. But so that makes this college offseason going to be crazy because LSU and USC have open positions, two highly coveted, probably top five programs in the country in terms of reputation. Oh, for sure. Now, two teams, two teams, two programs that are littered with money and talent, like littered with money and talent. And that's huge. Now, I think both will be highly coveted. So, Peter, let's say you were a hotshot, young, uh, on the rise NFL head coach in the wings and you're in the collegiate ranks. Who would you rather coach USC or LSU? I'm going to LSU just for the recency bias. See, I go to USC. I go to USC. And I feel First, like the air, I feel like the area is better. But in terms of like the football atmosphere, the SEC, it, it doesn't get better than the SEC. Yeah. But you do have a lot of competition around there. Like you have the Alabama's of the world. You have the Auburn, like you have the whole like Texas A&M. Uh, Florida, like you got a lot of those teams that are also jockeying for players. When it comes to the USC, they kind of own the West Coast. Like down there, like on that side of the country, USC is king. Sure, UCLA's on the rise. Sure, like Washington's been pretty good. Oregon had their. Uh, you stand. love your UCLA. Oh, I, I love UCLA. Don't get me started on UCLA. But USC is still, uh, USC is like known as like being like the Yankees over there. Like they're just, that's just USC. Like they're, an organization, they're a, not an organization, they're just a program with uh, decorated championships, a lot of money, and just, they have the perfect weather in terms of recruiting. Like, they have just a lot of things going in their favor. Not saying LSU doesn't, but dealing with Alabama and stuff every year, that kind of sucks, Peter. You're in the Pac-12. You got to deal with my guy, Chip Kelly. But other than that, like, you, you're riding pretty pretty high, no? Yeah, that's, that's very true. I mean, not saying you should not pick a job because you're afraid of somebody. Like, you don't do that. You're in the wrong profession if you're not going to go to LSU because you're afraid of Nick Saban. You know what I mean? But uh, I think that comes into play. When yeah, but you're always going to have stuff. to hurdle them. And you know oh, yeah, no, I, I understand goes. that. Like, I remember that was a big story when Brandon Staley took the Chargers job. And they're like, well, sucks to suck, man. You're never getting past the Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's like, you can't think like that when you get hired for a job like that. You just, you just can't. You just have to do you and worry about the rest later. You know what I now mean? Now the like, Chiefs, after six weeks, there's still and now, the best place. And now, yeah, exactly. And now after six weeks, uh, the Chargers are everyone's new darlings and this and that. But, like, you see how the narrative changes so quickly? Like, when Staley took the job, everyone's like, oh, Herbert's so good, but he ain't going to win shit. Like, he's just not because he's got to deal with Mahomes. Like, he's never going to win the division, this and that. But here we are in six weeks, and Peter is picking the Chargers to win the AFC West. Yep, very true. So I think that's a fair point. Also, one quick thing to mention, Spencer Rattler, who we also talked about in our college football preview with Brandon Carr, who he did say was overrated, was benched. Spencer Rattler was benched, and today reports surfaced that he uh, took Oklahoma quarterback out of his um, Twitter or Instagram. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's definitely entered somewhere. He's a transfer, yeah. So you think he's going to enter the transfer portal? Uh, yeah, out of the money had fallen. He's the number one, number two overall pick, and now like, he's getting exactly. benched. Like, 
he not sure if he would have been the first overall pick, but he was uh, Todd McShay. I think it was Mel Kuyper had him as had him as his number one overall prospect. And here he is. Well, he's going to be like the top half of the first round guaranteed. Oh, he's, he's like, he's a quarterback and like, close. he might not be the number one prospect, but like, but we see that every year. Like the quarterbacks just, they get right in front of the better position player. Cause that people have the, the need or whatever, but Radler benched and Oklahoma's winning without him. It's not like they're struggling without him. They're winning without him. They had and, that massive comeback um, against Texas and uh, led by that. I think it's Cale Williams is his name. And that's just crazy to really think that Spencer Rattler was benched. Like I like tell you what, I put a poll on the Daily Go uh, Twitter page a while back, and I was just like, "What are your expectations? What were you? How are your expectations in terms of um, Spencer Rattler? Has he met the expectations? Has he exceeded them? Has he not exceeded them? Like, in the overwhelming majority, said like he didn't reach the expectations. And then, sure enough, shortly after I put out that tweet, he was benched. So it's just interesting to see how that really changes. Now the narrative is like, is he a junior? Yes. Yeah, right. He's still, he, has he still has there. eligibility, but if I'm him, I'm not, I consider still going to the NFL draft. I, I consider it because even with his stock, what will just drop to what? Like the third round, just like take a flyer what's on? as bad as it going to get? Like is but we saw a guy like Jamar chase who didn't even play last year. You know what I mean? And he was still the first ride receiver taken. So could he be in a situation like, look, you saw what I did the year before this year. Like I just got beat out, but I did what I could as a backup. And let's say Caleb Williams gets hurt or whatever. And I go in and do my job. Like I'm not like putting in my, my walking papers now. Cause you don't know how the situation is going to be. Maybe he transfers to a school. Like I don't know, you name it. It doesn't work out. Sure. It's worked out for like guys like Jalen hurts when hurts transferred to Oklahoma, that worked out. You know, he didn't really miss a beat. But there's been other situations where quarterbacks transfer and it just doesn't just doesn't work. Like Russell Wilson ended up working out for, but other people it hasn't. So I am curious to see what happens with him and his future. I think ultimately, though, he won't be in the NFL draft this this uh, fall. I'm sorry, this spring, which will make the quarterback class even weaker than it already is. So teams that are needy for a quarterback, a.k.a. like the Lions or Texans, Texans or whoever you want to say, whoever misses out on Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, Maybe the Giants, like, you know what I mean? You, maybe you're just kind of like, ugh, like, I'm going to punt until 2023. So, that's our college football rant. Uh, I, I, sorry, I had to get it off that off my chest. Kind of been talking about it to you, like, off air for the last couple weeks. Right. And um, seeing just, the whole Ed Orjan stuff kind of develop, I was like, you got to do it, right? It's just weird. Yeah. All right, so without further ado, Peter, I think we should bring in some baseball. What do you think? Let's do it. Or do you want to do Deshaun and Tua first? Oh, we can get that out of the way. We'll be real all right, quick. All right, that's fine. All right, so we'll do a quick couple minutes on the Deshaun Tua situation. I shouldn't uh, that I will get into shortly. So then we're going to talk some baseball, but we're going to bring on now Matt Cunha. Uh, Matt, huge fan of the show, of course, does our graphics on the weekly. Uh, those fantastic graphics. Matt also contributes the occasional Star Wars articles. He did some all some Bad Batch. Uh, so if you like the Bad Batch or you like Star Wars in general, check out Matt. Check out his social medias and check out his articles on DailyGoats.com. But Matt, about uh, the Bad Batch didn't live up. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that, Matt. That's a that's a topic for probably the Bo Sox, I would think. Or right, well, Peter, you're not a huge Star Wars guy, but I know Justin. Is no, I mean Justin can talk about that for hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Matt, who we've had on, I think we had him on after Week One of the NFL season to talk about the Dolphins' performance, and he wasn't 
over the moon about Tua's performance. This is before Tua got hurt. He was like, eh, like it wasn't anything to write home about, but he did claim, I remember he put his feet in the sand and said, uh, if Tua has a bad year, he's out on Tua. I believe that's what you said, Matt. I don't know the exact quote, but it was something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. So Tua ended up going down with a rib injury. Jacoby Brissett came in. Dolphins did not perform uh, well at all. They didn't record any wins with Brissett at the helm. Uh, they haven't lost since opening game, opening day. And Jacoby Brissett just came back uh, this past Sunday against the Jaguars in London. Uh, they were three-and-a-half-point favorites. And most people expected them to beat Urban Myers, Jacksonville Jaguars because they're the Jaguars, right? They not, haven't won. Not me. Not me. No, well, not Peter. But the Jaguars have lost, I believe they lost, what, 21 straight games before that? 20 straight games? Oh, for sure. It was something dumb. And um, the Jaguars played well and they defeated the Dolphins. I think it was 23 to 20. And uh, this got a lot of people talking about to his future. And a report was released by the Houston Chronicle, literally, I would say, tw- half hour before we started uh, recording this podcast. Uh, so I will give it to you. It's John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. Uh, he says Texans Dolphins could have a Deshaun Watson deal done this week. Uh, so just a backup about John McClain. He's been writing about how a Deshaun Watson train has been imminent. He's been writing about it for probably like six months. Uh, he's well-respected in Houston, a well-respected NFL writer for a long, long time. Uh, the one thing I will say and will question though, he's been saying a trade has been imminent for quite some time. So, Matt, Peter, do you think Deshaun? Well, do you think he gets traded this week or even next week? I do you think he's traded before say, the deadline? I do have to say, after diving into the Houston politics and, and just seeing their media, I should say not politics. Um, John McClain's word is usually gold down there. He's yep. usually right on the money with stuff. So even though, like, just because he's saying it, like it, that just means that something's brewing. Doesn't mean it's going to happen this week. I don't think it will. Just it's it's already too late in the week for something to happen. I think in my opinion, it would be done early, early in the week, but I don't think anything will happen, but I trust John McClain's reporting. Yeah, no, I, I do too. Uh, the one thing that I will kind of push back on him saying is he's been saying that he was going to get traded. Like now he's going to trade now and he just hasn't yet. Now I wondered the timing to the story is very peculiar in my mind. So it's coming off the dolphins, bad loss, to the Jaguars. It's the worst loss of the year. And is this Dolphins ownership saying, sorry, Flores, sorry, front office, we're doing this. Like, I understand we, what we did with Tua, but. I think Flores we, wanted it in the beginning, though. I don't know. You see, I'm not fully convinced that Flores was on board. I'm because, waiting for the day everything gets blown up where we find out who wanted to. Yeah, no, I. Oh, I, because I, if, I think that if Flores wanted Tua, I think Flores is getting fired at the end of the year. Well, so you, you don't think Flores is in on Tua. Right. And I think that Flores wanted Deshaun from the beginning. So you think, and you then, think the general managers know? Somebody's no. Yeah, right? and then the general somebody's manager's like, no, I'm not, we're not doing that. We're giving Tua another chance. As far as I, like, I right. want to know if Chris Greer wanted Tua or if um, – There's – yeah. Yeah, there are Flores. There's, there's a clear yeah. disconnection about who wants Tua, who doesn't want Tua. That's clear. Another point of view could be what if this oh, is – Oh, Adam the- Schefter is tweeting about Deshaun to the Ooh. Dolphins too. Is he? What just, is Shepard just, just sharing his latest uh, thoughts on the possibility. That's it. Probably so just Shepard quoting McCain. Oh, um, yeah. I got an okay, ESPN I got alert. You. I got you. Well, yeah, Denver's, um, in the, Denver's in the mix now, too. Yeah, Denver's in the mix, and I'm sure other teams will be in the mix as well. Like, I, I still think Philadelphia's looming. I, I do. I wonder if this report was kind of put out from McLean to that the Texans are kind of trying to get a bit a bidding war going, like, 
maybe the Dolphins are the only team that have showed a real interest. And they're like, hey, like, hey, uh, Eagles, hey, Broncos, like, we're going to move them if you don't do anything. Like, I think that's what the big thing is. Everyone's like, the Miami's like, it's here, like well, here's to- our offer. And they're like, all right, we'll, we'll see what the others are offering. And it's exactly like, silence. Like, don't you think if like Houston was over the moon about the offer, like they would just do the deal now? Like, would they wouldn't like say, all right, we're going to do it by the end of the week? Like, they, they're not offering as many first round picks as yeah, they like, want. I'm sure they're, they, Miami has an offer. It's probably the only offer on the table at the moment. And Houston's like, I don't really like it. And that's why I think they're propelling this report. So a team like the Eagles, who if they struggled offensively, a team like the Broncos, who Teddy Bridgewater has turtled, um, are like, hey, like, hang on a minute. Like, oh, Miami's offering three first, here's four first. And like that creates a bidding war. But or it could just be as simple as they're waiting to hear more about the legal trouble that Deshaun Watson's in and maybe there's some clarity on it and maybe there is an understanding that Deshaun Watson will be allowed to play this year and maybe that's what they're sorting through maybe they're just waiting for the league to finish their investigation maybe it's but they that. said they're not going to finish it before week eight anyway so, so yeah, week I don't, I don't know what's weeks, up with that right? investigation yeah week eight is the uh, NFL yeah, and his NFL. trial is until November I know yeah. that so, so is they actually going to trial it is. I haven't, I haven't been following it because yeah, I just don't care at this point. I don't know the exact day in November, but it, it, it is killed any in enthusiasm I have. It is in November, but now the thing is, I'm shocked the NFL hasn't put him on the uh, commissioner's exempt list. Like I'm, I'm completely shocked because he. Well, maybe because like he's the, like the fourth string quarterback, and it doesn't really yeah, matter like, right now. You still put him on the. I don't know. You still put him on the list. Like he's st- he can play right now. Like. But maybe they're your maybe they're like, you know what, like Houston, like he ain't playing for you and you're not gonna play him anyway. So like we're just gonna we're just gonna wait to see how this goes. So if it's that, but here's if he gets traded to Miami tomorrow, the Dolphins have their mindset on him, obviously, and he's the starting quarterback. So then the NFL will have to step in and clear him or not clear him. So if he gets traded to Miami tomorrow, for the sake of argument, I hope not, though. I really hope not. That would annoy me. Because then, like, the podcast would be like, ah, like, we were just talking about it, you know? You know, that's how it go. Of course it does. But uh, if he gets traded tomorrow, let's just say he gets dealt tomorrow. Now, does the commissioner put him on the exempt list? Does he play? Like, no, maybe play? Roger, if, if it's as bad as we think it is, I think that Roger Goodell play, right? will block it, yeah. Yeah, they can't want to play. Like, no. no, they'll let the trade go through, but they're like, all right, like, deal's good and shit, but, like, he, yeah, maybe, the and then, maybe he tells the Dolphins he's going to be on the exempt list, and then the Dolphins will be like, oh, okay. And then just maybe Write retract their yeah. offer or revise well, it. Or, I mean, even set for the end of a turn. Yeah, even if, Watson myself doesn't even, more. even if Watson doesn't play this year, like if my, like I still think Miami would be okay doing the deal. Like, I, like at this point, you, the one in five, and like even if oh, Watson. Listen, gets I've, there, I've been banging the drum for a year and a half. Listen, they either, the Dolphins either get Watson, which is amazing, he's a top five quarterback, or they know that too is the answer which is even more amazing so they're in a good spot even though that matt you don't think so they're in a good All right, spot well, what if well to play Maybe. devil's advocate here what okay so like let the owner clearly doesn't think two is the answer clearly mm-hmm. let's say two they just try to get um watson and say philly outbids him or denver then like what do you do then you go to plan b you get aaron Rodgers. plan get b aaron Rodgers. Let's see, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, you I think they're gonna pay Aaron Rodgers that 40, 40 million dollars? Oh, you would take that clown. Come on. You think they pay him the forty million dollars though, and all that stuff? I don't. Yeah, know. for sure. They're in win now mode. I, I, when you saw that Jalen Waddle, Rodgers is Rodgers is win now mode guy. I can't see Rodgers in Miami. Rodgers, he's going to Denver. He might do it just to spite Tom Brady. Yeah, come on. You think so? I, 
I don't think he's. They're gonna go. Know. They're gonna. Do oh, a he's petty. He's petty to the max. Just no, look but at like the Bears things, like you guys are talking about. Yeah, but Miami's like, like Miami's like glamour party. Like Rogers is just one. He wants to go to Denver. Look at a mountain. <laughs> That's true. Too. Like seriously, like really, like. <laughs> I don't think he really gives a shit about the Miami thing. I don't know. Who knows, though? I mean, at the end of the day, Roger's going to go wherever he wants. So maybe that if that's plan B, that's plan B. But all right, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about some Red Sox here. So, Matt, what, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience going to the – was that your first playoff game you've ever attended? I think so, yeah. That was the clincher, yeah. right? Yeah, ALDS clincher. I bought it as soon as they beat the Yankees. Shout out, Justin. And um, as soon as they beat the Yankees in the ALCS, I went on SeatGeek and bought them. Got it for eighty-eight dollars. Like it was a steal. Oh damn! And then yeah, I was I was sitting along the third base side, section thirty-three, right against the wall in the Green Monster, like behind the third base side, not on the Green Monster. It was awesome. Like you were staying the whole night, but I had a nice wall to lean up against. It was awesome. Fenway's a, the most electric I've ever seen it. So you had a, it was a good experience. That the crowd was nuts. Oh, they won the best game. game I've they been to. Do you do you think? They go to the World Series? I want to say yes. I, I really do. I, I, I Beginning of the series, I predicted Sox in six. So we'll see. see I had the Astros in six. Peter had the uh, Sox in five. So, Peter, you're out. You're, you're an out. You're out. I'm oh, sorry. Now, if I had to revise my pick, I, I go Sox in seven. Like, I, I just truthfully believe that. I think Houston's pitching is real bad, and I think we've seen that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think the Red Sox pitching is even no, but it's not as, it's no, not as bad. I, I, they don't bad have they Yeah, but Peter, who's got good pitching? Who then? Who has good pitching in the league? Like it's, I know. Like seriously, like oh, there's no. nobody. The best bullpen's already out. Like, seriously, like I agree with Matt, and I agree with you. Like that was one of the reasons why I said the Red Sox would lose, but I underestimated how bad Houston's rotation and bullpen was. And to this point, I still think the Red Sox can make shift it with guys like Garrett Whitlock, and you get to throw a volley in the pen. Fine, you get to throw Tanner Howell. Fine, like. Tanner Howell. Like I think he needs to give want. more opportunities to Sour Mora. I trust him. Trust no, him you don't trust him. I do. Don't play five he, will, runs. he did. He did good last start. You, oh, you not see, last start. You, last, you know what the uh, issue outing. is. Oh, you don't give me you know what the issue you can't is. Even Peter. sniff this roster. All right, listen. That Sal Mora is on this roster, and Perez is on this roster, and Barnes. You think Barnes? Perez needs to get away from this team. You know they all love him. Look, Pete, you're talking about Perez here as a lefty. They had to keep the lefty on there with Taylor. Austin Bryce. I mean, where are you? I mean, look, like <laughs> Barnes, he throws right. Leading triple A ERA. Yeah, and Barnes hasn't pitched well in the month of August, which caused him to miss out on the ALC, uh, ALCS roster. I don't know. I still think the Red Sox pitching is good enough, Peter. The the days of the uh, – there's really no pitching staffs to fear. There, there really isn't because – Oh, no, because they only pitch five innings at a time. Five innings at a time. Greg, he pitched like four outs. <laughs> it's weird. It's an abomination now. Like, it's it doesn't matter, and – the Red Sox pitching like as bad as it is. You see, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. Like, it's mm-hmm. like really like, I don't know. Peter, what's your ultimate prediction now? Sox and seven reluctantly. Sox and seven, Matt? I still say Sox and six. Sox and six. Now you seen the Red Sox. So Matt's saying by tomorrow at this time, the podcast, no, is the Red Sox tomorrow. are up three, two in the series. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Tell you what, I think if the Red Sox lose today, they might be in some trouble. But I don't yeah, even write them out there. I think whoever wins this game wins the series. I don't well, even. Baldi's pitching though. game six, no matter what. I don't write mm-hmm. them out though. You think if they lose, they're totally done? I don't. No. I don't think they're right. Re- no, you can't. So write both, them out. A nice stat I saw that made me feel good was thirty of seventy-eight percent of people who won game three who win the series. We won game three, so. Mm-hmm. And just a quick thirty seconds on the other side of the bracket here, uh, Dodgers fighting back against the Braves. Who, if you're the Red Sox, who would you rather play? 
Dodgers. I'm scared of the Braves. Yeah, I, I agree. Braves are a team of destiny, I think. But that's what I mean. Like, you see, like, it does, like, none of this, like, matters. Like, we, Peter, all year we talked about how the Dodgers are a freaking juggernaut. And they are. They went over 100 games. But yeah, we're just like, yeah, we'll play them. Remember, over the, remember the Padres? Ooh. Exactly. Remember the Padres? Like, it's just, oh, the Padres pitching staff, man. Like, oh, this and that. Here we go. And Padres didn't make the playoffs. And the Dodgers are getting outmatched by a Braves team who are missing, like, three of their best players. Ah, Dodgers aren't that good either. Mr. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, but they won 100 games. Like, it's just. Fair. No, I don't know. All right, Matt. Well, thank you for joining. Um, if the Red Sox are advancing to the World Series by our next episode, maybe we'll have you back on. Give your input on it. I need good juju, please. Listen. I know. I know. All right, Matt. Well, thank you again for joining. No problem. Thank you, guys. Go Sox. Let's go. All right, Peter. Great segment there from Matt Cooney here. Okay. I think it's time for the picks of the week, right? Let's do it. All right, let's go, baby. All right, first one for me. I'm going to go Ravens minus six and a half over the Bengals. Oh, look, I know the Bengals, Joe Burrow, he's played well of late, uh, but I'm just not sold on Cincinnati. I'm, I'm just still not. I think Baltimore playing really good. And tell you what, Peter, I'm going to make a little prediction for you now. I think the two best teams in the NFL is currently right now, like let's say the Super Bowl was tomorrow. The game is the Rams-Ravens. Sure. Look, those, those teams have been uh, – the, Ra- the Ravens losing all those guys in terms of their running game. They completely – Oh, they keep missing the everybody. The cornerbacks, the, the, the running backs, line, everything. Running back, yeah. The receivers, like they annihilated the Chargers in LA. Give them all the credit in the world. Uh, they're hot. They do well against AFC North opponents. I like the Ravens minus six and a half at home against the Bengals. Uh, Zach Taylor, you still suck. Um, Ravens minus six and a half. Uh, that's not cool. He's gonna he's gonna make the playoffs. But he's, he's I have the Cowboys coach. It's true. I have the Packers minus eight. I think they're going to steamroll the Washington football team, as you could see, versus the Chiefs. They couldn't stop a lick, and they still can't stop a lick. And I'm scared for Ron Rivera's job security, to be honest with you. Yeah, Rivera was somebody I was really buying into. Like, I got not going to lie. I got on the Washington football team's bandwagon. I was like, Chase Young, that defense. Oh, me too. And they can't stop anybody. And then, like, when Fitzpatrick went down, I, I wrote it even I – was, I was still I was like, Heineke's fine, like, this and that. And I don't think Heineke's the problem. That defense is so bad. And the offensive line has given Heineke a lot of fits. Uh, they're without Logan Thomas at tight end. They really still – the run game is, like, nothing. So, it's just – I don't think it's Rivera's fault. I just think this is a rebuilding roster that people kind of got too far. they got to fire somebody, defensive coordinator at least. Oh, yeah, fair. I'm not – yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing that point, but – it's just at the point where I think we've kind of lost sight that they are just a rebuilding roster that exceeded expectations because of a crappy NFC East last year. Dude, pretty much, if Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt, we never talked about Washington the way we did, if we're being honest. But uh, next one, I'm going to go Titans plus five and a half over the Chiefs. So look, I like the Titans as an underdog here. That They're at home. The Chiefs defense has been shaky, and I think this could be the game that Ryan Tannehill finally gets on track. I really do. Despite the fact that the Chiefs played better, played better defensively this past week, I'm still not convinced with them. I also think Peter Derrick Henry, I think he's going to have a field day. Field day. It wouldn't shock me if he had three touchdowns again. Yep, he's going to get 200 yards. That's why, Titans plus picking, five and a half. that's why I'm picking the Chiefs minus five and a half. I think that uh, Mahomes is going to light up the Titans defense. And as you can see versus the uh, Washington football team, Mahomes had a fumble in the end zone, had an interception that I – don't even know who's throwing to Tyreek Hill, and he had another interception in the red zone. I think they fix up those mistakes versus the Washington football team, and I think they win pretty handily, to be honest with you. But 
because they need they need a win. They need a yeah, they do put their yeah. Yeah, they, but like I think the Titans can upset them. I really do. Oh, for sure. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Next one, I'm gonna go. This one's a little bit different, Peter. I'm going Texans plus 17 and a half. I like the Cardinals to win the game. I, I can't stress that enough. But I, I am look the Cardinals. Uh, despite the fact that they really beat the Browns, look Baker Mayfield wasn't healthy. Kareem Hunt got hurt. Nick Chubb got hurt. Cliff Kingsbury has COVID. Chandler Jones has been out with COVID. And look, the Cardinals have a huge Thursday night football game coming up against the Green Bay Packers. Huge. It's probably the biggest game of the year for them outside of their divisional games. It wouldn't shock me if they overlooked the Texans a little bit. I think the Cardinals win, and I think they probably win probably by like 10 points or so, but I like the Texans to cover. Hey, that's a fair point. That's why I'm picking the Cardinals minus 17 and a half. I think their offense is way too good for the Texans. They're a juggernaut. They're adding Zach Ertz as well. I think Kyler Murray is going to put up five touchdowns. I think they're going to win by 30 plus. I think it's going to be like the Bills where they get blown out 40 to nothing. Looks like we're not going 10 to 0 this week. All right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> next, I'm going to go Colts plus four. I'm going another underdog here against the 49ers on Sunday night football. The 49ers, they have a lot of injury problems right now. They have some uncertainty at the quarterback position. And Carson Wentz is coming off his best performance of the season. Uh, Carson Wentz, despite the fact that he hasn't been able to string together wins for the Colts, uh, Thursday night against the Ravens, so last Thursday, or two Thursdays ago, uh, he was awesome. And I think he's going to build on that after having 10 days off. Uh, I like the Colts plus four here in an upset. And I have the Falcons minus two and a half. I'm so sorry, Matt. Listen, the Dolphins have to show me a little something before they uh, can get back on track. The Falcons in London versus the Jets can actually drive down the field. So That's fair. And my fifth and final, I'm going to go with Geno Smith and the Seahawks plus five. So you look at the Seahawks. It's tough to play in Seattle on Monday Night Football. It really is. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I'm not even sure that the Seahawks are going to win, but I like them to cover in the situation. Uh, the Saints, Jameis Winston, look, Peter, it's a coin flip of the Jameis Winston you're going to get. We've, se- we've seen games this year where he's come out firing. We've seen other games where he throws the game away. I think the 12th men down there in Seattle, they are going to be fiery because they know Seattle needs a big win. Uh, and I'm not sure if they get it, but I think they cover at plus five. Who's your premium big of the week? My premium pick of the week is going to be the Baltimore Ravens minus six and a half. Thank you. like it. My premium pick of the week is Pats minus six and a half. Let this on record. If the Pats lose this game, I'm off of the Patriots in 2021. Oof. I think it's a little too short at home. And you saw the, uh, Zach Wilson throw four picks in New York in week. What was that? Two, two. or three oh, or whatever yeah. it is. Week two or three. Yep. Yeah. So if they lose and they don't win comfortably, like four points or more. They don't so have to the, cover the so if they don't cover, if they don't cover, if they don't no, because it, it doesn't matter. But like if they lose this game, I'm off of the Patriots 2021. All right. Peter has it on the record. Now what's your survivor pick of the week? Arizona Cardinals. I'm riding with you. Arizona Cardinals to the moon, baby. All right. All right, Peter. So next week we're going to go back to doing one show a week. Sorry. Ah, uh, sorry guys. Ah, uh, but uh, we'll have a lot of content for that particular show. Uh, we're going to recap the games this past week in the NFL season, update you on who made the World Series. So uh, we'll all be waiting for that. Uh, might even touch in some NBA action. Maybe finally we'll get to some NHL action. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some more Ed Orjan stories that trickle out. We're going to recap our casino trip. Yeah, 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 we can recap that. And Yeah, uh, it, it's a big week in football and just overall in the sports universe. Tell you what, Peter, and – if you're a Boston fan, right? 
could do the Boston parlay today. It's it's true. Honestly. You could. I mean, you could go re- Celtics. Who? Um, well, I should say yesterday, uh, on Wednesday, uh, the Celtics play Bruins and Sox. And don't forget the Rebs are the best team in the MLS. Damn right they are. They're gonna win the whole thing. See you at the parade. All right, Peter. Thank you for another great episode, and thank you to Matt Cunha. Shout out Matt for coming on. Thank you very much. Catch you next week. Stay hot. <laughs>